Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of the only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. We don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. Okay, people, and first story on the docket because we've got a packed show to say the least. And it is actually a very odd, you could throw the argument, maybe funny to a certain degree. Uh, because apparently there is a burglar out there that is going by the moniker Luffy. Yes, people, <laughs> we got the Luffy burglar happening here in the streets. Be warned, be afraid. The Luffy burglar's out there. Let's read more so you understand, but yeah, 2023, baby. Criminal orchestrates string of burglaries under alias Luffy. A person or group of persons using the alias Luffy is a suspect for orchestrating a string of burglaries in at least 14 prefectures in Japan since last year. The name appears to reference the aspiring pirate king protagonist of the One Piece anime and manga series. Police have arrested several suspects in each of the separate cases. One of the robberies resulted in the murder of Iyo Oshio, a 90-year-old woman in Koma, Tokyo. Rest in peace to that person and condolences to their family. Based on communication data on the suspect's mobile phone, the police believe that the robbers received instruction from Luffy using the Telegram Messenger app. The group members appear to have been recruited through an informal recruitment ad on social media. The Telegram Messenger app is often used to orchestrate robberies because of its highly anonymous nature. The suspect of a robbery of a recycle shop in Chiba Prefecture on January 12th was also found to have the Telegram app on his mobile phone. The police have not yet determined whether Luffy is an individual or a group, although they have found that Luffy's mobile network communications originate from the Philippines. NHK reported on Sunday that Japan and the Philippines will soon be in talks about 
the handover of four or five suspects, at least one of whom is believed to be quote-unquote Luffy. The suspects include Yuki Watanabe and Kyoto Imamura, who were allegedly involved in a scam in 2019. The suspects are currently being held in an immigration facility in Greater Manila. Authorities in the Philippines say that Imamura can be transferred to Japan immediately after filing the paperwork. However, they plan to hold Watanabe in custody over a separate criminal case in the Philippines. And honestly, just reporting all that, it is a little bit mind-blowing, fam. Like, what is going on here? 2023, yo, One Piece inspiring uh all walks of life so to speak including these criminals or this criminal network known as luffy with the mastermind behind it luffy my gosh you know shueisha and jump is gonna try their darndest to make sure this goes swept under the rug not reported on a major standpoint because dog the luffy burglar with one piece being their biggest you know what i'm saying prize property they don't want this to get out there i mean even though regardless of what they can't really help it but all it takes is a quick spin of the narrative and it's one piece is inspiring major crimes across the world luffy is bad and there you go so i guess we got to play by ear with this one but hopefully it doesn't get that far and just in general yeah uh the the luffy pirates are striking in the real world what 2023 people next up chainsaw man fans i have very bad news very bad news for chainsaw man fans in particular of Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease the anime despite the fact that right now the manga is very much so heavily talked about and everyone's going crazy and when the anime was releasing a lot of people were going absolutely mad in love with the series as well as a whole at the very least over here in the west and honestly chainsaw man it definitely looks like it's in a precarious situation because let's not forget that chainsaw man has had a lot of investment in it down to every single episode having a different ending to mappa studios taking the helm of it to mappa studios trying this new bridge of 2d and 3d animation just in general chainsaw man as a whole has been more so pushed as like yo dog they investing a lot and they want a lot of their roi to come in you know return on investment so to speak but i'm gonna just keep it real and i'm gonna say it very brief that um According to the way things are looking, the Chainsaw Man anime, at the very least in terms of Japan, seems to have flopped badly. And we're going to talk about what that all means. Because at the end of the day, a flop isn't necessarily like a specific number. A flop is, well, what could they have invested into this? And of course, what is the return? And because we know at the end of the day that Chainsaw Man, they invested a lot into it. This is a very, very big deal. This is something that a lot of people were like, this is going to be the next thing, including myself. But at the very least on the West, it's a different story. A lot of people love it. It's huge. You can't escape it. But it looks like Japan ain't really rocking with Chainsaw Man's anime because, yeah, it seems to have flopped again. 
Because the first Blu-ray release for Chainsaw Man's TV anime was released, and those numbers are a very big deal. That's how they get a lot of their ROI. To give you an example, I believe Jujutsu Kaisen, when its anime debuted with its first Blu-ray release, it did about like 22-ish thousand copies first week. You go to an extreme scale, and I believe Demon Slayer did like 86,000 copies first week for its Blu-ray. So yeah, there's the ballpark. It's probably, ideally, you would think supposed to be somewhere in there, like... Bigger than Jujutsu Kaisen because, again, the hype has just been absolutely ridiculous moving into it for the debut, but probably maybe not eclipsing Demon Slayer, but it's horrible because, to give you an example, right, Bochi the Rock, a pretty significant TV anime that came out in the same season as Chainsaw Man, it just dropped its first Blu-ray release and it did 16,000 copies. That's pretty successful, right? If Jujutsu Kaisen's debut was like 20-something, uh, 16,000 is not that bad. I mean, I've heard some good things about it, but Bochi the Rock wasn't, you know, exploding all over the place. So again, you're like, okay, what Chainsaw Man do? It did 30? Did it do 40? It didn't eclipse Demon Slayer, did it? No, it flopped horribly because Chainsaw Man's Blu-ray release with the first release did 1700 copies not 17,000 not 170,000 not 70,000 chainsaw man's first blu-ray release did 1700 copies in comparison to bochi the rock i'm sure some of you right now are even saying Faneb, what is bochi the what what are you talking about and then of course there's some people that know what it is i've heard some good things okay but uh 16,000 copies bochi the rock doing almost 10 times what Chainsaw Man's TV anime did. Wow, oh wow. If things don't pick up in certain regards, they're going to obviously try a few different things. They're not going to just can the IP in general, but they may be relooking and reevaluating how they're going to go moving forward because if they're only doing 1,700 copies for starters, they're going to have to really try and reinvent the wheel and straight up go for, okay, Japan clearly doesn't care about Chainsaw Man like we thought it would. We have to cater strictly to the West. But then again, it could also be a case of that chainsaw man is actually initially geared for the west because think about it like it, it's been inescapable for a couple of years now even before the anime so if they already were like yo we made this for the west in general they might not be looking at it as a big flop in that regard but still 1700 copies compared to bochi the rock 16,000 that is abysmal and i solely speak on that because chainsaw man i gotta imagine has had millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars poured in on investments and you know creating this thing and just in general the investors at the higher up they're expecting a demon slayer they're expecting somewhere in that ballpark or at the very least somewhere in the jujutsu kaisen ballpark hell they probably would have been a little bit more happy with at least seventeen thousand. you know what i'm saying but if bochi the rock is doing 16 and this is doing 1700 not seventeen thousand. houston we have problems <laughs> but who knows maybe there's some other back end of where they're really counting their bones and that's why they don't really care about this but as it stands right now if you put all of that on the map it looks like chainsaw man kind of uh yeah we might be looking at season two at a different light they might not be putting all the bells and whistles if this is the return they're getting because yeah no bueno but i'll keep you guys updated on that moving forward hajime no ipo fans it's been a very tumultuous and just in general interesting ride with the hajime no ipo series obviously the anime hasn't had a new adaptation in about 10 years now now would be a good time now that i think about it to bring a new ipo season i'm just saying i love it but uh this is humongous news because also i believe in the manga there has been this thing that has been going on for several years now where the main crux 
marks of Ippo, Ippo himself, has not really been as prevalent in terms of the way it was initially presented to us in the manga. And I'm trying to be very spoiler-free as I possibly can, but yeah, it's kind of been like, hey, is Ippo going to end? It's felt like that for quite some years now because of the way, again, George Morikawa has been writing it. However, it seems as though the end may not be that far off, and it is definitely, seemingly, set in stone. Let's read this one. The final chapter of Hajime no Ippo by George Morikawa has already been decided on. However, the artist doesn't know yet when it will end. He wants to finish the series as quickly as possible as long as he still has the physical strength to do it though. And I'm going to throw this in here right here. And this is absolutely with no, you know, negative intention, no malice or anything like that. I really feel as though that ever since the passing of the late great Kentaro Miura, the author slash artist of Berserk, uh, I think it really ushered in a new mentality for a lot of these authors and not just from Shonen Jump, but obviously I think this even inspired George Morikawa from Hajime no Ippo. I think he looked at it as, yo dog, this is my legacy. This has been my life's work. I need to get a move on things. Same way with Yoshihiro Tagashi that Hunter Hunter came back from hiatus. And yeah, it's technically on a hiatus again, but it seems as though this time around, because it's getting removed from Shonen Jump, that it's going to come back with a consistent release. It looks like uh, it's sad, but Kentaro Miura's passing may have really pushed a lot of these authors to at the very least feel like, no, I want to get this done. I do not want my life to end before my series ends. And I think that that's the, a lot of that has to do with uh, you know, a couple years ago when we lost Kentaro Miura, people like George Morikawa are looking like, yo, I should first of all have my thing set in stone. So regardless of what, this is the ending. But on top of that, him saying that he wants to end it as quickly as possible, as long as he could. Well, for starters, as long as he could. If he's referring to health, this dude is a boxer. He has his own boxing gym and stuff like that. I'm sure he trains consistently. I think on a health side of things, he's probably a little bit better off. He's definitely more physically active than the norm. But probably he's also saying too in general, like, yo, Weekly Shonen Magazine at any given point, just like Jump or whatnot, could pull up and be like, yo, we got a hit right here. We kind of don't really need Ippo anymore. Can you wrap it up? You know what I'm saying? So that could probably be a factor, though. I'd imagine he has way more leeway than majority of artists out there because, yeah, it's George Morikawa. It's Hajime no Ippo. It is a classic at this particular point. But, yeah, it seems as though the ending is set in stone for the most part. And it looks like George Morikawa is trying to wrap it up sooner rather than later. Really dope stuff there. Moving forward this is massive news massive 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 news regarding boruto's manga time skip now it was recently released by the artist well actually backtracking a little bit yeah it's been a quite a few years since the artist of the boruto series ikamoto had said yo dog we're getting close to that time skip and it's been about two or three years since that announcement and it's been mum not a single word about the time skip has been uttered by any artist author anybody involved in the creation of the boruto manga well what i have right here is legit which it is uh this is definitely a massive indication on boruto time skip is coming sooner than later and they're hyping it up with this and oh my gosh this is technically the first look in like i don't know what six years now five or six years of the boruto time skip since that initial beginning in the anime and manga with Boruto and Kawaki clashing. Because it says here, a special competition is being held in which users can submit their original ninja drawings. Selected drawings will be reworked by Ikamoto to look like an actual shinobi. The winner will receive an autographed color version of the following illustration drawn by Nikio Ikamoto. And if you look at it, it is of time skip Boruto and time skip Kawaki. And I want to say that if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm off, but it looks like they have maintained for the most part the same look that they had 
in the very first chapter. Now granted, obviously Mikio Ikamoto's art has evolved immensely since back in those days, but I really like it. I think both of them look excellent. I am beyond excited and ecstatic to see this. And honestly, I want to encourage if this is available for people globally to enter. All my artists out there that, you know, they really feel confident about their stuff. I highly recommend entering this competition. What's the worst that could happen? Hey, you got a nice piece of art for your portfolio and to post on social media. You should get in on this. This is really dope. And at the same time, this is also the first look in several years now to the Boruto time skip. And also, this might mean that Boruto time skip is really around the corner. The manga is already showing indications that we could very well be entering the time skip here in 2023. And also, this art right here is like, oh, I can't get enough of it. It's so hype. This is what we've been waiting for, fam. Well, in terms of, at the very least, for a Boruto series to get to a promised point that they told us early on. But yeah, Boruto times keep coming. And this competition, you can get your original ninja drawing redone by Ikamoto. And at the same time, again, just like, yo, dog, Boruto times keep is coming. Seriously, if you got the chops to do it, I recommend making an original drawing of a ninja for the Naruto verse, Boruto verse. See what happens. Enter. Why not? Moving forward, big, 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 big news from My Hero Academia and just in general, Shonen Jump manga as a whole, because we just got an announcement on the global sales for the My Hero Academia manga. And yeah, My Hero Academia manga has just dethroned one of the top 10 highest selling jump manga of all time, but even more so just cemented itself as it's a goat because according to this, My Hero Academia's manga has 85 million copies in circulation worldwide and that I believe officially puts it in the running for the top 10 most, not even the running, it is fact, cemented in as one of the top 10 selling manga of all time at the very least for Jump and maybe just in general all time as well, although I don't know, calculating that with all the other Kodansha and uh, Shogakugan stuff, it might not be of all time, but at the very least for Shonen Jump, I believe this passes a lot of goats. Like this already passed Yu Yu Hakusho, which eh, not my Yu Yu Hakusho, but I believe it does surpass Yu Yu Hakusho. Granted, with more volume, so let's be careful with what we're saying about Hakusho here. But yeah, even more so, that's crazy because remember the manga's not done. Uh, damn near every volume continues to sell better than the last one. Yeah, I could see this easily hitting the 100 million mark. And as we continue now, I could also see My Hero Academia entering possibly even the top five highest selling jump manga of all time. If we are already top 10, it is still growing. It is still going. It's a go. And this is also probably why, now that I think about it, of course, why Horikoshi uh, has seemingly extended the series like not necessarily that Horikoshi wanted to but probably jump in like yo uh top 10 you know what I'm saying 85 mil you don't want to hit 100 mil like yo we could probably hit 100 mil in the next year or so and he was probably like but I want to end it fam and they were like well we're gonna hit 100 mil okay get get, get to drawing fam get get in the studio now <laughs> probably was something a little less intimidating but uh, around that ballpark because 85 million, that's talking. My Hero Academia is, yeah, one of the top 10 highest jump-selling manga of all time. And on top of that, it just entered uh, a different league, honestly. Like, if it continues now, it's only uphill from here, going to 9th, 8th. Again, I could see by the end of this run, assuming that it goes on for, let's just say, one more year even. It'll probably be top 5, depending. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure they got a couple other movies that'll help push even forward even more the sales of this manga. But, wow. 85 million. I'm 
I'm in shock. Moving forward, I found this to be very significant because in case you ain't here, it felt like it's been already, I don't know, a bajillion years, but it's been quite some time since there's been rumors of an Akira live action film coming, a live action adaptation of the classic Akira movie that came out back in the day. It, there's been rumor like, yo, it's coming, it's canceled, it's on its way, it's licensed, it's not happening, whatnot. And apparently Jordan Peele was potentially at one point going to do the Akira movie and eventually passed on it. Why, why, why? Don't get me wrong. Yes, we do have a track record of anime to live action adaptations or manga to live action adaptations. Not really being the greatest, but I think Jordan Peele might have been one of the people that could have pulled it off, so to speak. Let's read. Director Jordan Peele reflects on the live action Akira that never was. In 2017, director Jordan Peele, get out, nope, commented in an interview on why he turned down an offer to direct Warner Brothers' dormant live action Akira film. At the time, he said Akira is one of my favorite movies and I think obviously the story justifies as big a budget as you can possibly dream of but the real question for me is do I want to do pre-existing material or do I want to do original content at the end of the day I want to do original stuff fast forward almost six years later after recently releasing his newest original film nope Peel was asked on the happy sad confused podcast how he thinks things might have gone if he had accepted the Akira offer Peel responded it's a project I'm so passionate about I'm glad I didn't do it because I, I feel like still Staying away from trying to interpret that IP set me on the path to creating something new. But I want to see Neo Tokyo. I want to see an all Japanese cast and I want to feel immersed in the world the way of the films in the manga. The story of the live action Akira that never was spans over a decade. In October 2011, Warner officially greenlit the film for director John Colette Serra who did Unknown, Orphan, and House of Wax. However, the Hollywood Reporter then posted that production had shut down in January 2012 before filming would have started. Warner had stalled the project to revise the script so it would be less costly. Colette Sarah said in February 2014 that he was still working on the project, but he then told the Collider website that there was no progress on the project as of March 2015. Peel was reportedly in talks in March 2017 to direct the film, but ultimately did not accept. Mad Max film series director George Miller said in October 2015 that he had turned down the offer to work on the project. Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the Tracking Board website, reported that Warner Brothers had also met with Daniel Espinosa, who did Life, and David F. Sandberg, Lights Out, as possible directors. In September 2017, Taika Waititi, who did Thor, Ragnarok, Boy Hunt for the Wilder People, were reported reportedly in talks to direct the film. Watiti said in an interview in April 2018 that he planned to adapt the original manga as opposed to the anime film adaptation. But yeah, there was a lot of talks about this Akira movie taking off and it never did and it is kind of sad to hear that at one point we could have gotten a Jordan Peele live action Akira film adaptation. It's like, yo, if anybody could have done it, I could have imagined Jordan Peele somewhat getting it done for Akira and the fact that that was a missed one we we missed with this one we could have had Jordan Peele I know not every film who drops is like the greatest thing in the world but he's dropped some bangers and I'm just saying I wouldn't have mind seeing it but yeah I know live action stigma it's gonna be bad yada yada I get it people don't hurt me most people are probably like yo dog we dodged the live action you should be happy all right moving forward very interesting update that apparently a Hunter Hunter mobile game that's been out for about three or so years 
has come to an end or it's coming to an end here shortly uh yeah hunt the hunter had a mobile game that's ending what let's read hunt the hunter arena battle smartphone game and service on march 31st the official twitter account for hunt the hunter arena battle a smartphone game based on yoshihiro tagashi's hunt the hunter manga announced last week that the game will end service on march 31st at 3 p.m jst the game debut in japan in january 2020 so the game came out right before the pandemic hit and it's already going down apparently the card battle game is free to play but it's open to optional in-game purchases dana distributes the game and i mean at the end of the day hey it's not gonna really be supported because hey the manga comes and goes we haven't had an anime adaptation and it's been like eight or nine years since the end of the hunter hunter 2011 anime yeah how would you expect it to survive i haven't even really heard much of this game other than like little whispers of like hey hunter hunter has a mobile game but hey it's buried so yeah fully expected for something like this to happen hey maybe we could get another hunter hunter game at some given point i always felt like hunter hunter especially with like the greed island stuff would work very well gaming wise if they made a good one so you never know but yeah hunter hunter smartphone game the i believe the only one still going uh comes to an end march 31st 3 p.m jst time if you're broken about it sorry fam talk about getting to the bag by any means dog like yo when a company wants to get to the bag they will do any and everything to get it and yeah it seems as though uh, Hajime Isayama and I'm probably gonna guess more so the company that he's involved with have come up with an idea to get another bag and it's not what you would think you would be like oh are they doing a spinoff is he auctioning off some really cool original art is he releasing a little booklet of another manga like what what is he doing to get the bag for nev how is he doing it well they're apparently auctioning off his desk let's read <laughs> attack on titan manga creator hajime isayama's desk to be auctioned in france my nichi shinbun's montan web reported on sunday that attack on titan manga creator hajime isayama has put up four of his work desks on auction at the 50th Angoleme International Comics Festival in France. The proceeds will go to Doctors Without Borders. The festival's YouTube channel is streaming a video commented by Isayama. Isayama explained that his father, a furniture designer, specifically made the desk for him to help him concentrate. Isayama and his assistants used them extensively for roughly four years when creating Attack on Titan. He further remarked that due to advancements in digital art, large desks like these are no longer needed or a necessity for creating manga, but he has a sentimental attachment to the desk regardless. He hopes that the desk will make someone happy and that he expressed his wish for a more peaceful world okay if all of that is legit because it does sound like a fairy tale story of like yo you know this very important desk all right and he's doing it for charity for well for doctors without borders i believe that allows like a certain set of doctors to be able to go wherever and do whatever um or do whatever so it's for a good cause at the end of the day it's not like what i initially thought i was like yo dog he's auctioning off a desk like kodansha y'all falling on hard times yeah <laughs> say yo isiyama you got something we can auction off but if it's for that and of course isiyama's comments of wanting peace or whatnot like all right uh, okay go ahead fine i'm just joking honestly it's pretty dope that he's doing something like that to help out uh and yeah that's kind of interesting to note as well that the giant desks of back in the day because of the digital era aren't really required because again most people there 
you know, doing everything off of one of these bad boys. They don't really need, or, well, not one of these, but, like, you know, tablets and whatnot. They don't need the giant structure and have all the paper and all the pencils and everything. Although, uh, yeah, losing that is going to lose a whole other aspect, and that's totally deviating. Yeah, Hajime Isayama auctioning off his desk that his father created for him in order to help out for charity for Doctors Without Borders. Good guy, Isayama. <laughs> Moving forward, One Piece fans, One Piece fans, One Piece fans. I know One Piece fans right now are in a complete disarray they're back and forth on it it is absolute madness for one piece fans in terms of recently they released some promotional art for the one piece live action adaptation that's supposed to be coming to netflix and i believe they also confirmed the release at the very least year window uh but yeah people are going back and forth on all this there's some people that already are having complaints even though personally it's just like a you know photoshop thing until we actually see we can't be for sure but a lot of people are very pessimistic about this one and i'll be honest with you rightfully so live action adaptations of anime and manga have disappointed many of many a times in the past so you got to be at the very skeptical i don't want to say being completely pessimistic about it because you never know what could happen but you got to look at yo majority of the live actions in the past have kind of sucked this probably will too but yeah i don't know but this promotional art came out let's take a look at the article and the pictures and we'll talk some more because apparently people are very upset about luffy's footwear live action one piece series visual reveals 2023 debut the official Twitter account for Netflix's Hollywood live-action series of Eiichiro Oda's One Piece manga posted a visual on Monday, and it reveals that the show will indeed debut in 2023, which I fully expected. And for starters, it has this promotional image. It says, Setting Sail 2023, and you literally cannot see anything other than, like, you know, it's a silhouette. It looks gorgeous and whatnot, but it is filled with Photoshop lighting and all sorts of stuff. And it's, you know, Luffy with his arm up or whatnot. And it looks cool, but again, it gives you no indication of what the hell this thing is going to look like. And I ain't gonna lie, sometimes that is a scary thing. Usually when they're hiding everything, it's because they're trying to escape backlash. Eventually, you gotta show the thing, you know what I'm saying? And maybe they wanna probably start showing things more closely as they reach, you know, uh, the release of this thing. It also says Netflix page for the series shows a visual with the cast and the Going Merry ship and a news coup. And you see right here again, it's Nami. Sanji, Luffy, Usopp, Zoro, and the Going Merry. And I gotta lie, again, it looks kind of cool. It more so looks like maybe even like a, I don't know, a digital, like ai generated imagery or something like that because again you really don't see you know what they look like netflix will exclusively of course stream the live action series first season will have 10 episodes and oda will serve as executive producer tomorrow studio a partnership between producer marty adelstein who the prison break team wolf and itv studios is producing the live action series matt owens who did luke cage and agents of shield is the show's writer steven maeda and becky clements are executive producers and i guess the big problem that people are having is that luke Luffy's footwear is altered. He's apparently wearing like some sort of shoes. And of course, in the manga and anime, Luffy wears sandals. And uh, it's a small change. So I don't want to again be like massively, you know, pessimistic and all sorts of like, oh, it's going to be absolute trash because at the end of the day, being realistic, dog. It's just sandals. But if you add everything together so far, of okay, so they're hiding what it really looks like under all this Photoshop and stuff like that. It changes small aesthetics like Luffy's footwear, which is kind of very odd change. Like, what's wrong with the sandals? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, but again, I'm not gonna harp on like, yo, his footwear. That's ridiculous for me to just be like, it's gonna suck because he's not wearing sandals, guys. But 
Yeah, them hiding things isn't a good look. They've done this in the past with different IPs of, you know, they hide it until the last second. And then it's like, oh. And I get it. They probably are skeptic as well as to like, yo, how do we present this thing without getting massive backlash? Because every time they usually unveil stuff, it gets massive backlash. Like remember the Cowboy Bebop whole fiasco, despite the fact that I will still stand by. I liked a lot of aspects of the live action Cowboy Bebop. People bombed on it the moment they started seeing things. Although... I'll throw the argument. Maybe people gave it a little bit of grace. Now that I think about it, there was a little bit of hype. It was not until it actually came out that people completely said, or it was the trailers that really started showing the wackiness that people said, oh, so oh, maybe there is some hope. But the fact that they're hiding it is like, I don't know. But either way, we got some more of a look into the One Piece live action. And okay, they're, they're hiding things and they changed Luffy's footwear. Let's wait for more. That's really all I can say. I can't say one way or the other other than it is interesting to note that they're not really being upfront with how the characters look in costume or the actors in costume and stuff like that. And here's Photoshop, but we'll see. Moving forward, pretty significant and popular manga is going on a two-month hiatus. If you haven't guessed it, Blue Exorcist, the manga, is going on a hiatus, which is kind of crazy because this author over the last few years has had some pretty extensive hiatuses. I want to say Blue Exorcist went on like a damn near year hiatus while the author worked on a different project entirely. And it looks like, again, it's going on break. Let's quickly read. Blue Exorcist manga takes two-month break. The official Twitter account of Kazue Kato's Blue Exorcist manga announced on Monday that the manga will go on hiatus and will not publish new chapters in the upcoming March and April issues of Shueisha's Jump Square magazine. The manga plans to resume in the magazine's May issue which will release in April and this is just pure speculation but I'm going to throw this out there I wouldn't be surprised if Blue Exodus is going to be ending a lot sooner than later I know that it has another anime season incoming I wouldn't be surprised if this break is to maybe prep for the final stretch of the manga and then boom with the anime release they're going to probably tie it in together and wrap things up it would make sense honestly Blue Exodus has been going on for quite some time I want to say the manga started in 09 the anime began with the first season in 2011 like it's been going on for a while so i wouldn't be surprised with the new adaptation that's incoming if kazue kato's like maybe it's time to wrap things up so let me take these last few months off and start you know working on the finale that would be ideal but only time will tell either way very disappointing news for blue exes fans a two-month hiatus but it'll return and yeah, it's disappointing because, dog, they just had a year hiatus. What's going on here? Lexus is starting to enter the chambers of, like, all the other big series that go on massive hiatuses constantly and only drop here and there. It's madness. Moving forward, massive, humongous news for One Piece Film Red. Honestly, the success that One Piece Film Red has had is just... Very astronomical, kind of makes me question a couple of things because despite the fact that One Piece Film Red has been an absolute banger in terms of like it's sold incredibly well and people absolutely have been, you know, ranting and raving, there has been a section of people that have not really liked One Piece Film Red and a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a lot of music in it, it's a lot of singing, a lot of people feel like it's more of a theatrical play opposed to a film, although I would disagree with that argument, but nevertheless, One Piece Film Red has been tearing it up in the box office and yeah i think it finished its run and the numbers is astonishing let's read one piece film red tops howl's moving castle as number four all-time anime film globally and number five in japan the official website for the one piece film red anime announced on tuesday that the film has sold over 14.27 million tickets for over 19.7 billion yen about 152 million 
$1,000 as of Sunday, January 29th. It's 177th and final day at the Japanese box office. With this milestone, the film has surpassed Howl's Moving Castle as the number 5 highest earning anime film in Japan. Moreover, the film has earned the equivalent of 31.9 billion yen, about $246.5 million. Oh my god, it's up, it's up, it's up, and it's stuck for one piece, baby. Worldwide, thus surpassing Howl's Moving Castle as the number 4 highest earning anime film globally. The film is also the 8th highest earning film of all time in Japan. To commemorate the feat, Oda drew, or Eiichiro Oda, the creator of One Piece, drew the visual below that depicts Luffy in a wanted poster, as with most of the franchise's important characters, but with the film's earning instead of a bounty, and I ain't gonna lie, it looks absolute fire. Uh, Luffy, which even though that's a massive spoiler, like, hey, if you don't read the manga, if you're anime only, you're kind of screwed, but that's kind of been part for the course for a while now, and yo, we got to talk about this 246 million dollars one piece film read globally number four highest earning anime film i believe outside of japan if i'm not mistaken number five in japan its run is finally over expect more films along the lines of one piece film red and expect more partnerships for anime films moving forward with like music places and whatnot because i do think a lot of the promotion that helped one piece film red to do these astronomical numbers even in the west like it's opening weekend in the west was bigger than the entire release of any one piece film matter of fact i believe the opening weekend for one piece film red had a bigger number than all of the entire runs of every one piece film released in the u.s combined like that is beyond words so expect more films along the lines of what they did with film red and once again expect more of shueisha properties in general to be experimenting because that was a big risk a big gamble and it paid off immensely 246 million dollars <laughs> you know oda sitting there on his iron throne his golden throne like uh yes i I, I, I did big things in 2022. I, I definitely expect uh, more of this, but just in general, man. Clap it up. Hold on. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up for one more piece because it, it's crazy, dog. Those numbers, they speak volumes of the success of it. And I think also you definitely got to contribute that. Shanks being there, Shanks' daughter, something that feels like it should have been in the manga, debuting in the anime, probably helped. So possibly expect because you think about it now. Oh, snap. My Hero Academia did the same thing. They took, like, damn near what was supposed to be the ending of the My Hero Academia manga and used it for the second film. Expect big plot threads that you would ideally expect from the manga to debut in anime movies moving forward as well. So, like, they, if they decide to do something like with Jujutsu Kaisen or something, another film, they might just say, yo... Let's do something that was originally going to happen in the manga or any of the other properties that they have in general. Maybe Chainsaw Man as well, something like that. Like, it looks like that is a big deal. And of course, again, it's just like, wow, the musical aspect, everybody hates on it, but $246 million. Big ups to One Piece, big congrats to Ichiro Oda. That's, that's huge. What if I told you a legendary anime producer that made a smash hit said that he wanted to punch a producer in the face because of the adaptations of one of his works? Like, what if I told you that? You would be like, oh snap. Well, yeah, it's actually legit. The story I found to be absolutely fascinating because Shinichiro Watanabe, the, I believe, creator of Cowboy Bebop, he's also done, I believe, Space Dandy as well, and a few other things. Uh, he recently spoke in an interview and gave his insight on a few different things and, 
It was quite fascinating, to say the least. Let's read. Shinichiro Watanabe spills the tea on the live-action Cowboy Bebop and the Animatrix. I, I didn't know he had involvement with the Animatrix. That is, that is interesting, to say the least. In a candid interview with Forbes, Cowboy Bebop director Shinichiro Watanabe revealed some interesting things about his experiences working with Hollywood. Firstly, Watanabe clarified the amount of involvement he had in Netflix's live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, Practically none. Although Watanabe is officially credited as a consultant, he has not actually watched a single episode of the show from start to finish. They sent me a video to review and check. It started with a scene in a casino which made it very tough for me to continue. I stopped there and so only saw that opening scene. It was clearly not Cowboy Bebop. Holy sheesh. Watanabe then continued that he realized that it would not be Cowboy Bebop unless he became more involved. He chose not to do this, although he does wonder if maybe he should have. He added that on the positive side, the original anime seems to have more value nowadays. The latter half of the interview addresses Watanabe's work on the Animatrix anthology anime. That is so crazy. I did not know he was involved in that. Where he described an extended interaction with a Hollywood producer called Spencer Lamb. Watanabe described Lamb as a person who made many stupid requests. Jeez. Watanabe said that he had a particular problem with Lamb acting as the gatekeeper to the Wachowskis and would not let Watanabe's ideas through to the original creators for approval unless he liked them personally. Watanabe said that the relationship was so poor that when he went to Los Angeles for the recording sessions that quote-unquote if I saw that producer I would just punch him in the face. Lamb ended up not showing up to the recordings which Watanabe described as unheard of. Lamb worked as executive producer on Matrix related short Final Fight of the Osiris and producer on the Animatrix in 2003 according to IMDb. His other credits include web design. Watanabe said that he had to concede on some of the original ideas when working on the Animatrix but the experience taught him how to deal with difficult people. Amusing he remarked that when he now deals with interfering people, his strategy is to quote unquote send back very small corrections or adjustments just before the deadline. <laughs> Yo, this Watanabe guy, I love him. Speaking generally about his relationship with Hollywood, Watanabe said that Japanese and American producers aren't that different, and he's had positive experiences with American producers. Nowadays, he gets many offers from America with budgets almost double compared to offers in Japan. Still, the issue of maintaining creative freedom on his projects remains at the front of his mind. If you work with a Hollywood producer, you have to fight. Otherwise, you'll be unable to represent what you want to do. And of course, Watanabe's done, again, uh, productions on Cowboy Bebop, Macross Plus, Samurai Shampoos, Face Dandy, Carol and Tuesday, and Terror and Resonance. He also directed the Blade Runner Blackout 2022 anime short. He directed a detective story and kid story episodes of the Animatrix Anthology series, which debuted in 2003. That's good to know. So if you go back and rewatch those, those were done by Watanabe. And I'm going to just be honest with you. After reading this, I kind of like Watanabe even more so. For starters, the fact that he's like, yo, I will punch a producer. Like, <laughs> this man is wild and what the hell. Uh, but here's something I'm going to add in, right? This is a caveat. I'm going to personally add in expect something along the lines of this from Eichiro Oda if the One Piece live action bombs if the One Piece live action TV series doesn't do well expect Oda to come out and say yo I tried so hard I thought it would be different but you don't even know if I caught one of these cats slipping I might just gum gum pistol them to death like you don't even understand what they did man this is trash like expect 
full wholeheartedly this type of response because Oda is seemingly way more involved in the creation of this thing than majority of the times you would hear an original creator being a part of this is going to be the response I'm calling it if One Piece live action bombs because you got to think about it his reputation you know what I'm saying is at stake right here Oda's reputation is at stake and just in general people are going to be side-eyeing Oda moving forward and not trusting him but I always got to say honestly one of the big things is we get so hype about the original creators being a part of the live action let's not forget that at the end of the day Oda he draws manga he draws comics he's not a film director he's not a movie director he's not a tv producer he is a manga artist so having him attached it's great in terms of like yo they're probably not going to stray too far away if he can hold the reins so to speak of this project but nevertheless Oda's not a director you know what I'm saying he doesn't know how to make it cinematically the way like ideally somebody that is very experienced in the field can do so I think despite the fact that fans get super excited like yo Oda's involved you can't put too much credence into it because at the end of the day Oda is a comic artist not a movie director not a movie producer he doesn't do anything in movies you know what I'm saying well I'm take that back he does you know work on the anime films and whatnot but different ball game from live action in general so yeah Shinichiro Watanabe that's also really dope that he was part of the animatrix I gotta go back and watch those bad boys either way yeah uh Watanabe didn't even watch Bebop's live action he doesn't accept it and neither should you if Watanabe doesn't <laughs> I don't know maybe I was totally drinking the Kool-Aid to have enjoyed it because if the original director doesn't rock with it I don't know or maybe I could just have my own opinion like I did kind of enjoy it I'm not gonna take that back I'm sorry it is what it is I stand on that shout outs to Watanabe though go throw hands with whoever you want I'm gonna go and yeah well I'm not gonna go and rewatch and enjoy that you know what let's just end this segment moving forward big news for dragon ball fans and fortnite apparently there was a new dragon ball event a few days ago for fortnite that brought forth some pretty notable characters and pretty notable looks so to speak from something you may have known recently regarding dragon ball but it was kind of interesting to note that it looks like they're doing these drops a lot more sudden than in the past like i remember fortnite usually they announce these things like months in advance or at the very least a few weeks but this one kind of was like hey tomorrow expect something big and i was like huh but yeah let's read dragon ball x fortnite collaboration brings gohan and piccolo to battle which I ain't gonna lie, the imagery right here does look massively sick. Uh, I believe my nephew actually got these bad boys. The characters of Akira Toriyama's Dragon Ball Saga are ready to brawl once again in Fortnite. The collaboration is coming back for more, and this time it's bringing Son Gohan and Piccolo from the Dragon Ball Super Superhero anime film along for the fight. While they make their debut, Dragon Ball Adventure Island is set to return, and the Kamehameha attack item and Nimbus Cloud Kintoun mobility items are being released from the vault. Creator Team Vicena Studios is responsible for Dragon Ball Adventure Island, which features sites inspired by famous locations from the series, including Goku's home, Kami's palace, Beerus's planet, and the Room of Spirit and Time. While there, you can take some time to test out your PvP skills in the Tenkaichi Budokai Battle Arena. And they have, like, I believe a little trailer right here, just showcasing what it looks like. And I ain't gonna lie, it kind of looks cool, but I more so wish there was, like, a new Dragon Ball game that had this instead of, like, Fortnite because I don't really play Fortnite it's more like my nephew's bag and to be honest with you it's like hey it's kind of cool but I don't know Fortnite is like it's more so in my opinion I look at it as and no disrespect but for the kiddos like I'm sure there's people plenty of people to play the game but for me I just always see like that's what my nephew plays and it's like it's cool to see and it kind of is like hey yo Dragon Ball Super Heroes but 
gosh darn it, I want a new Dragon Ball game that's kind of ideally something a little bit different and exciting and it could happen, but instead, here are some Fortnite collaborations. I don't play Fortnite and I want to play with these characters. <laughs> we have people with viewers excited and it might still be available now, I'm not sure. They've been taking a long time to remove these things from the actual game. Uh, you might still be able to get your hands on the Gohan and Piccolo Dragon Ball Super Superhero uh, DLC for Fortnite and also aside from that as well. And I mean like My Hero Academia's last uh, Fortnite collaboration was on the store for quite some time so you might still be able to get your hands on this but either way gohan and piccolo dragon ball super superhero dlc fortnite yeah this was one that i found to be fascinating apparently netflix has been working on a short anime i believe it's a short film and it seemingly was completely done at the very least the backgrounds from ai the backgrounds are completely ai generated and it's kind of interesting to note that even the big juggernauts like netflix are also jumping into the AI arena. Let's read this one. Because to be fair, I did say that AI could potentially save 2D animation, but again, it's gonna put a lot of people out of work. It's a very strange and bizarre thing to struggle to save 2D animation. Netflix Wit Studios released the Dog and the Boy anime short featuring AI-generated backgrounds. From mid-journey to chat GPT, artificial intelligence is currently pushing the boundaries of content and material creation across multiple industries, even anime, and might have just taking its next big step into mainstream production as an experimental initiative to help ease the anime industry's labor shortage aka to save money because that's all netflix wants to do netflix anime creators base partnered with wit studio an ai character platform rena to produce an anime short titled the dog and the boy using image generation technology for all of its backgrounds here's a short glimpse at it and i'm not gonna lie these backgrounds are fascinating and i will also say that to be fair uh I don't think that backgrounds, using AI for backgrounds is that big of a deal because for the most part, I know a lot of anime have already been using something similar. It's not AI generated per se, but they'll take a picture of like a background, let's just say a building right in front of them or something like that, and then they'll use some photoshop composites to turn it into a background which obviously yeah you got to go through the trouble of taking the picture and finding the picture or whatever but it's kind of a similar concept of it's not really that they're drawing it per se they're just taking a picture of whatever and then converting it to look more like a traditional anime background so so yeah in terms of using ai generated backgrounds is a slippery slope because there also is the whole idea that hey you know ai is using you know all of these images to create this thing and I'll throw a small argument into that, and I would love to hear some feedback on this one in particular of, yo, aren't we doing the same thing in terms of isn't everything that we create essentially created by all the references of everything we've seen in our lifetime? So, like, if I draw a character and I've never seen any person in life, I've never even looked at the water to see my reflection, I've never seen myself in the mirror, like, sure, yeah, I guess it would be an original drawing, but for the most part, we use things that we love as reference all the time, and you could throw the argument maybe that especially if the images that they're using are licensed it's a similar concept but again i completely understand the struggle and the plight of artists around the world that yo dog this threatens them but i will throw the counter argument that in terms of for background usage we've kind of been on a slippery slope in terms of drawing the backgrounds anyways for a long time now so i'm not too upset with this one in particular like backgrounds okay when you start using it for everything that it's like 
I don't know. I don't know. But either way, Netflix is, yeah, pushing forward even more into the AI world with these AI backgrounds on this anime, The Dog and the Boy. It's a short. Yo, what's up with short format content nowadays? Like, that's all the rave, huh? Moving forward, Demon Slayer fans, I know we've been eagerly anticipating and waiting for the upcoming release of the next season of the anime, The Swordsmith Village Arc. Well, According to this, it seems as though we're going to be getting some more updates because I'm sure some of you may know, in case you don't, that Demon Slayer is supposedly releasing this big theatrical release that they're going to have a preview of basically the first episode of the Swordsmith Village arc alongside the last two episodes of season two with the Tengen and Uzui and all that insanity. That's supposed to be like a big package thing that they're putting out in theaters. Let's see what it says here about any updates. According to this, it says Kimetsu no Yaiba's TV anime will be holding a special program with with new information regarding the upcoming World Tour movie and Swordsmith Village arc on February 3rd. The special movie is hitting theaters on the same date and the third anime season broadcasts April 2023. So it seems as though probably by the time you guys are watching this, the news will have broken. I don't know if it'll be included in this episode, depending on how it cuts close because you already know 12 p.m. EST every Saturday for Never News. But yeah, so we'll be getting some more updates on this because I'm not going to lie. If it is still going to be indeed March 3rd that they're doing this big release theatrically or whatnot, my birthday's March 2nd. So it'll be a Demon Slayer birthday, so to speak. But yeah, we'll be getting some more updates here within the next couple days or as you're watching this, the update might be out. And just in general, get hyped because it's about to be another wave of Demon Slayer incoming with March and April. Let's go. Then for fans of Jigoku Roku, aka Hell's Paradise, I know a lot of y'all been waiting for that anime, including myself, because I've heard great things about, you know, the manga and whatnot, and then it was like, yo dog, anime incoming, yo dog, really credible studio, but yeah, it'll be a while, and also the creator himself has been wanting to do other things. I believe he came with, if I'm not mistaken, the Ayashimon manga, and unfortunately it didn't make it in Weekly Shonen Jump's grinding axe, so to speak, uh, so yeah, it kind of has been a little bit of quietness for both the author and the series but we got a little update it says here Yuji Kaku mangaka of Jigoku Raku and Ayashimon anticipates the announcement of a work they have started to be still some time away but feels impatient about it meanwhile Kaku's looking forward to Jigoku Raku's stage play and tv anime in the upcoming months I'm betting that probably the author has started working on a new manga but because you know Hell's Paradise has not come out with the anime yet and then Ayashimon Shimon unfortunately got cancelled they probably have him on the back burner and homie's probably like yo dog I am a manga artist I want to make manga also I gotta make a living what are y'all doing to me dog y'all told me to end hell's paradise y'all will give me a shot in weekly shonen jump I came through with Aya Shimon y'all got rid of me and then now y'all got me on the back burner what is this madness so I understand what Yuji Kaku's probably feeling to a certain degree if that is seemingly the case because I mean at the end of the day homie said he's getting impatient meaning he wants to get to work he wants to get back on the grind and on the hustle so i respect it and at the end of the day yeah we need that hell's paradise anime to income immediately just throwing that in there but yeah uh seems as though yuji kaku ain't resting despite the fact that ayashimon was and i'm gonna say unfairly uh unjustly cancelled and removed from jump he's got something else coming let's go then for fans of gege akutami aka the author of jujutsu kaisen seems as though the author recently came out with a recommendation i've said it in the past and i'll say it again i do be a little bit leery of these recommendations because a lot of these authors be doing it at the same time and it kind of feels like jump be like yo just pick a manga and recommend it dog we don't care like just pick one so that way we could promote other stuff so i like to be a little bit leery but gege is recommending at the very least according to this article akutami 
Kamigege mangaka of Jujutsu Kaisen has recommended Marriage Toxin by Jomyaku and Mizuki Yoda in the series Volume 3. Yoda, artist of the series, was previously an assistant of Gegeaku Tami's in Jujutsu Kaisen. And yeah, the art looks kind of coolish. It looks very different to be honest with you and it's probably like... I don't know if Jujutsu Kaisen fans will resonate well with it, but then again, you know, I don't know the context of the story or whatnot. But yeah, Gagakutami is recommending this Marriage Toxin series. Might be something to look into, especially if you're a big fan of Jujutsu Kaisen. It's been like a minute and beyond since we've gotten any updates from Sodachi, the author of Gintama, and with the big Dragon Ball anniversary project that they're releasing, I think it's every month or so, a new artist, or not a new artist, but pretty much an established artist with new pieces of dragon ball kind of you know homages so to speak to the series leading up to the big anniversary we got sodachi hideki from gintama and yeah dragon ball volume 16 by hideaki sodachi the author of gintama this is part of dragon ball super gallery project to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the series every month different mangaka will redesign one of the 42 covers of the series until november 2024 so we've got a ways to go uh i'll be honest with you i kind of like piccolo actually no i take it back i like both of them to be honest with you the hair is kind of interesting on how he did goku clearly he did it in his own style and i gotta lie it just kind of makes me be like like, damn, kind of miss Sodachi being a jump dog. He was a goat and he was a troll at the same time. Big ups to Sodachi. And yeah, he did it in his own style, but it's still pretty cool. I gotta say so myself, I'll be honest. Shout outs to Sodachi. Sodacha! I don't know, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> then we got an unfortunate update from My Hero Academia's manga. Because it says here, My Hero Academia is on a sudden break in weekly Shonen Jump issue number 10 this week, as well as issue number 11 next week. Uh, due to Kohei Horikoshi's poor health, the series will begin resuming in issue number 12. So it's going to be taking, what, two weeks off, it seems as though, right? Like, yeah, it'll be taking a sudden break in issue 10, as well as issue 11. So two weeks in a row, back-to-back, -back, no My Hero Academia. Um... Honestly, speedy recoveries to Kohei Horikoshi. I had made a video over on my other channel for Neverworld where I was talking about authors not being as fit as they once were. A lot of people took it as if I was straight up bashing Horikoshi for like no particular reason. And what I'm saying is that maybe I'm off on this, but it seems as though a lot of these mangaka are having trouble continuing on doing these series. They're not like back in the days where, you know, Akira Toriyama, despite the fact that he would be somewhat of an idiot savant, so to speak, the way he, you know, tells these stories of back in the day with dragon ball production but he was on it you know what i'm saying a lot of these authors they rarely took breaks kishimoto was on it and stuff like that so when you hear these things it's not that i'm saying that horikoshi doesn't deserve a break absolutely he deserves a break akira toriyama deserved a break kishimoto deserved a lot of breaks like a lot of these authors deserved a lot of breaks but it seems as though these authors are breaking down opposed to those authors and that's that they're getting breaks on top of all that so it's definitely something interesting to know again speedy recoveries to koya horikoshi massive respects and love to him never anything of like yo dog shitting on horikoshi it was more so like these authors are breaking down which might be the reason for a lot of these breaks you know what i'm saying then we got the weekly shonen magazine author comments no comments from jump this week i think there was a break or they just didn't provide them but uh for starters we got muneyuki kaneshiro author of blue lock mitomo's goal in the lecture game shocked me i didn't think japan could produce a player like him you rock me, Tomo. Okie dokie then. <laughs> uh, then we got Nonko from Kanan-sama. Tis the season for me to partake in many different kinds of emaki. La la la. No, <laughs> it's delicious time of the. It's a delicious time of the year. Cool beans. Then we got 
uh, Nakama Suzuki for Knights of the Apocalypse. I'll never forget the kindness that, that Estelle and Wiley showed me while I was in Spain. Homie was in Spain, probably getting his rings off, right? No, let, let me stop. I'm not trying to pick on it, but yeah, uh, cool beans. Then we got Hiromashima, the goat from Eden Zero, Fairy Tale, all of that good stuff. I read Delia Owens' Where the Crawdads Sing. I was immensely impressed by all the depictions of nature and the story. Shoutouts to nature. Big, big, big shoutouts to nature. Mother nature, we love you to death. And we got Kei Urana, author of Gachi Akuta. The amount of figures I own is only growing, and that's why I stopped buying a lot of merch because... Yeah, I could do a lot more good with that money than buying figures that it's just going to sit behind me, you know? We got Negi Haraba, author of Ranger Reject. COVID was the worst. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Eh, I feel you. I feel you, fam. Nobody wants to. Uh, George Morikawa, author of Hajime no Ippo. Hoping for a safe hospital discharge. Boys B. Oh, maybe a lot of people over there have been getting sick recently. I've heard a lot of people been getting uh, sick over here as well. Then uh, we'll close it off with Yoshitoki Oima, author of To Your Eternity. I participated in the second Kyocera commercial. Please look out for it if you can. Okay, all right. I don't think we'll get it over here, but yeah. And I know very brief, but those were the Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. Always a treat. All right, and let's take a look at the top 50 best-selling manga of the week, courtesy of Jose underscore K. Uh, for starters, we already got The Blue Lock Invasion, Blue Lock Volume 20 and 15 at 50 and 49 with 14,000 apiece, 14.2, 14.3. More Blue Lock on places 48, 47, 46. Okay, a change of pace. We got Tokyo Revengers. Uh, I believe that's the latest volume, Volume 29 at 45 with 14.6K. Bring his total to 895,000. Then more Blue Lock. Jeez, bro. We say this every week, but Blue Lock is really doing crazy numbers. Volume 7 and 2, 14.6 a piece as well. Then we got Chainsaw Man, the first volume of Chainsaw Man 2. Still hanging in the top 50, of, or volume 12, if you want to call it, uh, with 14.7 this week. Bring his total almost to 8. 100,000, 795. Not, not bad. Not, not bad. Then we got places 40 through 31. Uh, at 40, Ari Fureta, volume 11. I've heard of that series before. I've never watched it. Uh, with 14.7, we got more blue lock. Uh, Bake Monogatari. Ooh, that is a gnarly cover. What the heck? Uh, more blue lock, volume 10, 11. Jeez, it's like 15,000 people went out screaming this week to buy more blue lock. It's rather fascinating. Uh, Again, Volume 1, Volume 12. Yeah, this is a Blue Lock Invasion right now, baby. Blue Lock Invasion, Volume 9, Volume 8. All of these around 15K a piece. You see, though, the total numbers is a little bit interesting because the total numbers is still like about half a million. One of them is close to a million. So it's like total, not, you know, crazy. But every week they're doing pretty big numbers. So still shout-outs to Blue Lock regardless. Then we got places 30 through 21. Veroni Kenshin Hokkaido Arc Volume 8, 15.9. Uh, 143 in 19 days. Tokyo Avengers letter from Keisuke Baji, 18K, 232,000 for, you know, a little spinoff. Nuts. Let's see. Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Jeez Louise, volume 25, 19.6 in four days. That's actually really good. Uh, Blue Lock, volume 22, 19.7. <laughs> I don't know what to say other than Blue Lock is caking massively. First Slam Dunk Resource, another 20.5, almost 20.6 for 352K total. Uh, that came out December 15th. Wow. Uh, then we got Mao at number 21, volume 15, 22.4 in five days. In case you don't know, that's the latest work from the creator of Inuyasha, Miko Takahashi. Then we got places 20 through 11. 
uh, Tokyo Revengers Full Color Edition of Volume 2, 24.8 in 6 days. They took a couple of volumes and just started coloring them, and yeah, they made more money. And Volume 1 Full Color Edition, 24 or 25.799 in 6 days, almost 26k again for just coloring in what was already there. It's wild. They flipping it. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 21 still in the running, 26.3 this week, 1.36 total. Uh, Tokyo Avengers Volume 30, 29.4, 789 total. Madness, man. Tokyo Avengers, madness. Okay, a little bit of a, a shakeup here. Chojin X Volume 5. That's the latest work from the creator of Tokyo Ghoul. In four days, 36.8. It's not terrific, but it's not bad either. Not uh, out of this world, but uh, still decent. Uh, Major Second Volume 25. Is that the final volume? No, I think it would have said. In five days, 43.7. Uh, then we got Four Nights of the Apocalypse Volume 10 and Six Days 46.6. Now, there's a couple of things like, okay, I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of things that I'm not fond of, that I'm not looking forward to. But then they show the anime trailer and the anime looks like it's going to be gorgeous. And it's like, freak! Because it's like, yo, there's some stuff in this series that is mad questionable. There was stuff in Seven Deadly Sins that was mad questionable, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I want to watch the anime, but it's still Nakamo Suzuki. Stop. Stop. Then we got places 10 through 1. Top 10, top 10, top 10. Uh, number 10, Tokyo Avengers Full Color Short Collect. Yo, they even making full colors of the short story collections. And in six days, almost 50K. My God, they know they got nothing but money printing. Tokyo Avengers printing money over there in Japan. Uh, number 7, another Tokyo Avengers Remember You character book. Six days, 57.6. Chainsaw Man Volume 13, latest uh, volume from Chainsaw Man. In 19 days, 469,000 total. 65 this week. Still doing big numbers. Uh, Mystery Toad Lunakari. After... Uh, Debuting number one last week with volume 13. Drops to number four in 13 days, 287,000 total. Still a big deal. Big, big deal. Uh, more Tokyo Avengers letter from Baji. Uh, six days, 136K. Madness. Okay, we got somebody shaking it up in here. We got Kingdom volume 67 in four days, 348K. Oh my gosh, Kingdom. Kingdom, Kingdom, Kingdom. Uh, and then, oh, wow. Okay. Tokyo Avengers final volume. That's why a lot of Tokyo Avengers has been creeping in here. The final volume, volume 31 in six days, 547,991. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was definitely a Tokyo Avengers filled top 50, but I ain't mad at it at all because it is the ending and now we just got like the anime. But shout out to Tokyo Avengers. You made mad money in Japan. West don't really rock with it, but Japan kind of does. Yeah. But that's all I have for this one. Thanks for watching. I'm Fenebo World, and as always, people, have an awesome day. Peace, and you guys just watched another episode of... Have an awesome day. Peace, and... I have a dream, alone in my room, as I sit with the tea. Couldn't possibly think what I often see. And you don't even know how I often blink. Lights be flashing and looking at me. Such an odd, unique, yet I'm so unique. And you're looking at me. If the wolves could talk, they would probably be me. And I'd probably say, bitch, get the fuck off me.